Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Athlete Radio. Bringing you episode 38 of No Meat Athlete Radio. We've done a few interviews in a row now, so as we like to do these days, uh, we're going to do a Matt and Doug episode talking about our our topic du jour. Doug, are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. The Matt and Doug show. Let's <laughs> do this. That's right. So anyway, um, before we get started, two quick things. As always, please, the ratings and the reviews on iTunes. People have been leaving them, which is awesome. They're so helpful. Please go do that if you like these shows and the new frequency with which we are making them. The other big thing that has consumed most of my time, even while I was camping this past weekend, I was thinking about this the entire time and, and sneaking off to Starbucks so I could get internet connection and then having you, Doug, do lots of grunt work as well, uh, is the Running Groups Project, which we've been talking about for a while. And finally, it really officially launched this last weekend. We ended up creating... 70 different pages for cities where there were more than just a handful of people interested in. If there were two or three people, we usually didn't create one. But where there were more than that, we did it. And they're up and running. The San Francisco group has gone for a run. Memphis, Calgary, Seattle, all have gone for runs already and then met up somewhere to eat afterwards. And Chicago is running tonight. They are our biggest group, I think. And they had, it looked like 13 or 15 people were showing up already, which would be our biggest one yet. So I am thrilled about that. I, I love this project, and it's a lot of fun. And I uh, just wanted to, to let podcast people know about it. If you are interested at all, we have a page on the site. It's nomeatathlete.com slash nma-running-groups. And you can also just go to Facebook and search for No Meat Athlete and then your city, and uh, you'll, you'll find it that way if it's there. So that's been a fun project, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Doug? it's been a lot of fun. And the, uh, you know, because I'm because well both of us are are in are members of all of the groups and we've just been getting tons of notifications of people you know excited to get started and and writing each other about how you know finally they're meeting some other plant-based athletes and stuff in their area and it's neat a lot of the cities i wouldn't have pinned as big you know vegan cities like cincinnati you know just kind of these these I don't know. Random cities are, have huge, have like 30 people, mem- members already in the Facebook group. And it's I, only saw been that. I saw Boise and Cleveland each had like 38 people or something. And yeah. neither of those struck me as particularly good for that. But Right, I know. So it's it's cool. I think that even if, you know, even if you think that there's you're not in a huge city, we have, I mean, like you said, we have 70 of these pages set up. So you should definitely check it out. And You know, it, on that topic, this is an interesting, kind of unrelated to anything else. But just on the book tour, which I did last fall, I noticed that, a lot of times the cities that you would not expect to to be very big vegetarian vegan audiences that's where the biggest turnout often was for the events and then the ones i mean obviously ones like new york and san francisco where you where you totally would expect it because it's a huge city and it's known for being particularly vegan friendly those were good turnouts but some places like charlotte minneapolis were like kind of smaller towns where i thought you know there's probably a pretty strong presence there those were the were the weakest of the events i thought but mm. places like omaha uh I had like 40 people and then and then Lincoln Nebraska the next night had another 40 people. So it was like I think in in those places where there really is almost nothing on this topic, it just kind of brings people out and it's like the, right. the thing to do. Whereas if you're in a a bigger city and there's, you know, this kind of big vegetarian vegan vibe already, maybe it's not that exciting that now there's a an event or a group or whatever, but 
anyway, we have both. We have all those cities that I mentioned. There are running groups for those. So, uh, yeah, check them out if if you're at all interested in meeting up with people. They're really about kind of just the connecting with like-minded people. They're not, at least at this point, the the point isn't let's get some crazy brutal workouts in. It's it's go meet people who are like you, you know, who eat believe the same things you do about food, and then go eat and have some fun after the run. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um and if you don't have a if there we haven't created a page for your city yet then they can start their own right you can go to the yep website we talked about nma-running-groups yep right? if you go there nomadathlete.com slash nma as in nomadathlete-running-groups and right at the top there's a link to this manual that i put together after talking to i don't know 100 or 150 people who were interested in leading groups i uh, just did like a bunch of google hangouts a couple weeks ago I think I did like 12 of them in one week. So it was a lot of a lot of time on my part and all the people who showed up. But we kind of took all the best ideas from that and, and kind of didn't really formally vote on things, but just got a sense for what people were looking for. And I uh, put together that into a manual that basically anyone can use to start a nomad athlete group in your city. I mean, you don't even need people. You could you could be your own nomad athlete group <laughs> and just start start it up and uh, maybe somebody will see you and then they'll, they'll come next time. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very exciting. It is. All right, so on to today's topic, uh, which has to do with diet experiments. And the reason that we were we thought of this, actually you thought of this, Doug, is because we hadn't given an update yet about the fruit stuff, the the fruitarian slash AD1010 type of diet that I was. Uh, I don't want to say I was doing it 100, percent but and I don't want to say that it was just fooling around with it. It was it was more serious than that, but it wasn't quite 100. percent I was still a lot of dinner times eating cooked food, and. It's supposed to be a hundred percent raw diet, of course, uh, but some dinner times I did do it. So I was I was giving it a solid try, and I think if you actually include the Woodstock Fruit Festival, I was doing this for uh, like an entire month. And so, do you want to briefly talk about what what it is, though? The eighty ten ten diet. Yes, we should. For those who have not heard the episode, the episode, by the way, is a podcast episode. If you go to iTunes, um, you'll see it in there. And it was fairly popular. People liked that and were interested, I think. Because it's such a, if you like, I mean, if you just hear about this for the first time, it's a crazy diet that you're just mm-hmm. eating. Basically, 80% means carbohydrate, 10% fat, 10% protein. So that's a very low, especially very low number of amount of fat in your diet. You're eating almost entirely raw fruits, a few raw vegetables, particularly leafy greens and things like that, just because they're pretty easy to digest and have a lot of nice nutrients and minerals and things in them. Other vegetables such as broccoli and kale and things that are just, I guess kale is leafy green, but (laughs) the cruciferous vegetables in general are sort of harder to digest, as healthy as they're supposed to be for you. And you kind of stay away from a lot of stuff that, that really, if you were just in nature trying to find something to eat, you wouldn't immediately gravitate toward. If that's the case, then you probably, it's probably not on this diet. This is, this is sweet, good tasting fruits for the most part. Mike Arnstein, uh, also known as the fruitarian, has had a lot of success as an ultra runner on this diet, and uh, he he of course is in charge of the Woodstock Fruit Festival, and uh, he you know he really inspired me to give it a try. We had, we had a great time at the festival itself. Really loved how we felt. Like the energy level was just through the roof. I mean, I loved how I felt eating this way, and uh, that that's what we talked about in that previous episode. How I was going to give this a try as an experiment. And so you were you were feeling pretty good about it. You you know like you said you had tons of energy. You were I don't know. As, as far as I could tell, you were very, really excited to continue doing it. But I, I think that you've like stumbled a little bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right, considering we ate uh, Beyond Meat for lunch today. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a stumble. It was more that I, I decided sort of reluctantly to stop because, as I said, I loved how I felt. The energy was great. And even more than just like feeling energetic, it felt like my mindset was just different. Like maybe maybe that's just a, a symptom of having a lot more energy. But I was really excited about doing things and about running, and I was thinking about another 100-miler in March, and I still am. But you know, just I hadn't been for a while. And when I started eating this way, it was like I just started thinking about all this stuff I wanted to do and just felt like I have all this energy. Why not put it into something? So that was all great. And in fact, we loved the actual eating. Like I thought that that would be hard, eating fruit. I thought by noon each day I'm going to be just dying for something salty and something that is not fruit. Uh, but it turned out that after just a few days, like after the fruit festival, which we were there for six days or so, after that we were used to it. And we just we were loving eating a half watermelon for lunch or four mangoes or eight bananas in a smoothie. I mean, that that got really, really nice. We enjoyed it. What happened, though, is that I kept losing weight. That was that was a concern of mine from the beginning. And I think it's not uncommon that this happens to people. Uh, as we talked about in that previous episode, they they say that when you, when you switch to this diet, because you, there's all this water in your foods now, you're not cooking water out of the foods, plus you're eating foods that aren't all that calorically dense because it's very low fat, so each bite of food that you're taking, which fills up the same amount as a bite of food of other food in your stomach and makes you feel full in the same way, uh, doesn't have that many calories in it. So you need to take many more bites, get your stomach used to taking in more food at a meal, uh, or just eat more frequently. And, you know, I felt like I was doing that pretty well. Putting eight bananas in a smoothie, that's that's like 1,000 calories when you add in, you know, anything else or, or nothing else. You're, you're 800 to 1,000 calories. And I was I was taking in some calories, but I just kept dropping weight and not not doing a crazy amount of training, probably 25, 30 miles a week during this period, and just just lost too much weight. I was just like, I mean, I don't have that much weight to lose, and I'm already that's that's one of my big struggles is keeping weight on, particularly as a vegan. Uh, that's that's been much harder thing than than you know not than trying to lose weight. I've never had any problem staying below the the right weight. And as I wrote in a blog post about this, like that. For Mike Arnstein, he has said that his racing weight is 117 pounds, which is so small. Tiny. Yeah. yeah. And he's, I mean, he's he's my height or so. He's probably a little short. He's probably 5'5". Five, five. Um, and, I mean, so that that's not, for him, I don't know that that's tiny. If your height's 5'5", five, five, I don't know that that's a, that's a terribly skinny amount of weight. But it obviously worked for him. He was, he was strong. He was winning 100 milers at that racing weight. But I feel like, so, so if part of me was like, okay, well, then I, I can be that way too, and I'll let myself get down that low, and I'll be fine with it. But as I was doing this, once I had lost like five or seven pounds, I was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a pro ultra runner. That's, that's not how I'm leaving my mark on the world by, by winning <laughs> ultra marathons to prove to people that you can eat this way, like Mike Arnstein has done and, right. and still maybe wants to still do perhaps. Uh, so it makes total sense that someone like that would do that, but I have so many other other things that I like doing, and – I mean, as weird as it is to talk about this, like part of what what I and my job as that is to be a good example of what a vegan looks like. Just when I do talks or or veg fest or whatever, and I don't want to be 125 pounds at something like that. You know, it's just I don't think even if even if that is healthier than than being 10 pounds heavier than that, uh, if if it means eating this this diet, which supposedly is very healthy, I and mean, according to people who do it, even if that meant being healthier. Uh, would people who saw me know that or would they think, well, that person is skinny and weak and must have no energy because he's vegan? Right. You know? Yeah. So that was the reason I kind of stopped. And I've really kept a lot of it. Like, I'm still doing the banana smoothie in the morning. 
uh, adding some walnuts and some flax seeds in there because that was another one of my concerns of the diet was not getting enough fats. Uh, some people who I've talked to, and, and Ray Cronice is a friend, and he, he's been on our podcast a few times, actually. He and, and Dr. Furman are kind of in the camp that 20% of calories is probably more ideal for, for long-term health, longevity, and things like that, which is in disagreement with a lot of the vegan doctors. A lot of them are really in the low-fat camp, the, the you know Campbell, Esselstyn, those guys. Uh, so, you know, adding a little bit more fat calories still almost every day and many times, like dinner last night, very often is still just a, a salad with beans on it. That's an exception to the 80-10-10. Mm-hmm. Having beans in there, a dressing that's based on nuts so it has more fat than 80-10-10 would have you eating, but still no oil in, in those sort of situations. And as I said, I'm not being super strict about this. I mean, we, we just ate the Beyond Meat sandwiches for lunch, which are, I'm sure, pretty awful for you. But... uh yeah, so I don't know. I've kept a lot of the elements, and I'm just i I'm just so reluctant to let go of it. I, I love so much how I felt on it, and I wish it, it would have worked out with the weight thing. So that's why I'm kind of like still eating you know, one to two meals a day that, that are this way. Right. I don't know. I feel like once you, once you start doing that and messing with the diet, at least according to the author of the book, once you start adding in this fat, then it's like then all of a sudden this much fruit might become a problem because that's, that's mm. one of the answers to why. How can you eat so much stuff and not have – blood sugar issues he says well if there's not this fat in your bloodstream then it can't block the you know in and out movement of the sugars and i don't pretend to understand that at all but potentially i could be screwing up the diet entirely by eating more fat and still eating a lot of fruit so i don't i don't quite know where i stand on it but i'm just i'm just trying to like hold on to i don't want to give it up (laughs) uh, because i I really did enjoy it i wonder what what would happen if uh if you were actively trying to not bulk up fat wise, but you know, like last week we talked to Christy, who's the bodybuilder. Um, you know, if you were on the diet but still trying to build, actively trying to build significant muscle mass. There was a guy at the fruit festival. Uh, his name, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but it, it's Mike Vlasati, I think, or Vlasati. It's V L A S A. I don't know, but I'm sure you can find him if you type in eighty ten ten bodybuilder or fruitarian bodybuilder. You'll probably find him. And uh, he was he was big guy i mean didn't didn't look at all like a frail bodybuilder he he looked big and strong and he he claimed i said do you think this is at all a limitation like i'm i'm not saying is it is it boosting your performance through the roof or anything but do you think maybe this diet is it holding you back compared to if you were eating more processed stuff and just getting more calories in general and he really seemed to believe that it was not and, and in fact believe that it that it is the best thing he can do for mm. his weightlifting because it's just a, such a natural diet right uh, in in the opinion of him and anyone who does this sort of thing so I, I mean, I think it could work. The problem for me, like in college, I was I was really into this. I was trying to bulk up a lot, and I was successful. I got up to, I think, 165 pounds starting from 140. So I really did put on a lot of weight, but I only was able to do that once I, A, stopped running, and B, started eating tons of fat. Mm. So if I were to try to, I mean, and I don't want to go that, I don't want to go that route. I, I even tried it once I went vegan. I tried an experiment and I wrote a blog post about it. Right, I remember that. Yeah, and I was successful then in adding, I think, 18 pounds in eight weeks. So, I mean, a pretty yeah. decent amount of weight gain and it wasn't all fat. It was, I got a lot stronger during that period. But I was eating these thousand calorie, like, coconut oil shakes and just terrible food. It was, it would, it would make you die in the long term. I'm sure of it. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, yes, I guess I could have tried to put on muscle and, and really maintain it. But if the point, if a big point of this for me was to become better as a runner and see if I could get some of the gains that Mike Arnstein, you know, claims to have gotten when he did it, 
that combined with the weightlifting, it just seems like a pretty counterproductive thing. Like they they don't go together. The bulking up and running long distances, it's like pick one or the other if you want to be successful. They're not going to be successful at both of them. Right. Yeah. Well, very interesting. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this today, or well, I don't know, we obviously wanted to have you give us an update. But um, yesterday we got an email in the inbox from a from a reader who is asking a question about uh, is the current heavy meat eater. Um, swimmer wanted to know if if going on a plant based diet would really help out with their their swim times if it would really make it faster um, and you know we kind of talked about this a little bit and how to respond and and decided that really the best way to do that best thing to do is to experiment with it and experimenting with diets like you just did and um, like we both did when we ultimately went plant based. Um, it's kind of the best way to see how your body handles things. Yeah, I mean, to me that I, this question, the question comes up a lot. People people want to they want to be totally assured that this will work before they try it. And maybe that's maybe the people who are emailing these questions are the types to whom a plant based diet is really unfamiliar and seems really out there. Right. Uh, and and it just seems like a huge risk to actually do this. But I think to someone who's done it, and I mean even if you haven't done plant-based that much, but just someone who's kind of in this mindset of if you want to see if a diet works then give it a try for a little while, uh, that, that just seems like an entirely obvious answer to me. Like I don't, I don't really understand the need to, to be convinced that something will work when, when the cost of doing it is, is nothing. I mean, to try out a plant-based diet, if it didn't work, I guess if it was a disastrously wrong diet for you and it could be plant-based or anything else, and if it was a disaster and ended you up getting sick or having these huge, I don't know, who knows, you've gained 15 pounds that you struggle for the next two or three years to lose, yeah, that's a pretty high cost. But that, I mean, no one, that's not going to happen if you're eating <laughs> any kind of diet based on whole foods. You're not going to get crazy disastrous results. I don't, I can't right. imagine in what, in what situation you would. So the cost is not high to just trying something. Like say for the next seven days or the next 10 days, I'm going to try this out. And when that period is up, I'm going to see how I feel. And, like, you're not going to experience all the gains or all the losses in 10 days. But your body's pretty good at telling you if something's working or if it isn't. So if you're feeling great after that, and this is how I went vegetarian the first time, was try it for seven days and then feeling great, so make it go for 10 days. And then feeling great, so say, commit, I'm going to commit to 30 days now. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, that doesn't seem like a big, uh, a big leap just to try something out for a little yeah. while. I think it's kind of if if you're not all that familiar with with a diet, any diet, uh, but in particular vegetarian or plant based, which you know so many people in the mainstream think that you know where are you going to get your protein, where are you going to get your calories, that kind of thing, um, then it it would take a lot of research or a lot of if you want to do it right, you know you have to spend some time learning about it, and so it is kind of that's the loss right there, that's the expense, is the the commitment of the time commitment and. You know, right. making sure that okay. you're doing it all right. So, I mean, I you know, I can understand why why people ask, you know, what's this going to do for me? Um, but but the the real answer is we don't. I mean, you know, it's, right. nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's for a lot of people to work out, and for some people, it probably won't. And it just depends. A lot of it also depends on what your expectations are going in. You know, that placebo effect is very very strong. Mm-hmm. If you think something's going to work out, it, chances are you're going to find a way to make it work out. And if you go in thinking it's not, then at the first sign of something being different or weird, you're going to say, ah, this didn't work. It's not for me. But, you know, I, that's a good point that you said that, that it, that is a cost uh, of learning about something, buying the groceries, whatever, the planning. I think maybe, maybe my, I'm sort of biased 
because that this is my work and this is what I do. But like if I try a diet and have anything but a disaster, I feel like I that was a huge gain for me because I just learned all about that diet. I mean, that was an opportunity to read a book to really finally fully understand a diet, try it for myself, see what the difficulties are, so that then when someone asks me about it, I can speak intelligently and say, yes, here's here's kind of what happened in my experience. So I don't know. To me, an experiment is an opportunity to learn more about something and experience it, whether or not the experiment turns out to be a positive or, or negative. But I guess I guess for a lot of people, that's that's the farthest thing from their intention. It's just find the diet that's going to work for me and and at at the lowest cost whatever that right means. right so you know you talked a little bit about how you went vegetarian but i know that you've gone through a lot of different um experiments with food you know this fruitarian is most recently but even when you went when you went vegan you you went through it was kind of an experiment phase you didn't just do it right so yeah and i've i've been meaning to write a blog post about this because i i actually noticed it once i started doing the fruit thing it occurred to me how this had worked uh, and that every significant lasting diet change I've ever, ever made, I first went through an experiment period that actually didn't work out. It didn't work out in the sense that I, I got to the end of that period and I said, I'm not ready to do this, so I'm going to go back to the old way. So that I mentioned before that when I went vegetarian, it was with a 10-day challenge or 7-day challenge. But before that, a few years prior to that, this is when I was, I don't know, probably heavy into the Boston Marathon qualifying goal and probably running 330 marathon or so. And I said, I just got really ethically inspired one day to go vegetarian. I said, I'm just going to do it. And starting immediately, I'm vegetarian. And I think my, my wife, then fiance, probably was, was away. And I was just like, you know, I can just do this by myself for the weekend. I can be vegetarian. And then if it goes well, I'm just going to stick with it. And I think it only lasted like three or four days. And then the first time I went out to a bar with friends, had a couple drinks, looked at the menu, and there was nothing there. I was like, okay, I guess that didn't work. That idea, <laughs> that was fun. And got chicken tenders or whatever it was. Uh-huh. But so that was kind of a failed all-in experiment. And then over the next few years is when I started the gradual transition to what I didn't really realize would eventually become vegetarian. I stopped eating red meat, um, pork, things like that, and then eventually cut out the chicken and then the fish, so gradually moved towards vegetarian. And that, that process took like, I think probably two years between that failed experiment and when I could finally declare I'm actually vegetarian now. Hmm. And then that's when I started the blog. But then I think within a year and a half or so, I tried a vegan experiment and I was committed to 30 days doing vegan diet completely, got to the end of it and said, I'm not even close to ready for this yet. Like I, I am dying to eat cheese again. So I went back and ate cheese pizza and everything else. But then over the next year or whatever it was, gradually just found myself without really trying or saying this is my goal just started producing the cheese and the dairy and anything else in my diet that was an animal product and then you know a year later or two years later whatever it was i said okay i'm finally ready to really do this and i'm pretty close so it's a really easy step now to make right so i realized that pattern has has kept happening and then you mentioned the eat to live i did the dr Furman thing last almost a year ago now last december Got to the end of it, couldn't wait to drink beer again, drink coffee again, add salt to my food again, <laughs> and eat a little bit of olive oil again. But in the time since that experiment ended, I've been gradually moving in that direction again. So then then the fruit thing came along when we went to the fruit festival. That was a really big jump. But I don't know. I, I think it's a really effective approach. At least I think you probably have to be of the same you know, mindset as I am. And I think there are different people who just who just aren't into that sort of idea. Like some people... Want want the slow, small steps approach all the time, no matter what. And some people want the all-in approach, and that's the only thing they'll ever try. 
but what has worked really well for me, and this is kind of the answer to a question I've I've been wondering a lot, which is like Leo from Zen Habits, who we've you know mentioned on the podcast all the time. You see <laughs> the, every time. Yeah, I think we, we haven't. We've taken a couple of breaks. That whole the whole break of when we didn't put out episodes for like two months was just so that we would forget about yeah. Leo. Yeah. <laughs> out of the routine, yeah. But anyway, his his approach really changed a lot of things for me and habit change and got me thinking about small steps and starting instead of saying I'm all in with something, just saying I'm gonna take the smallest step in that direction I can and keep gradually changing so that there's no no spike in, in willpower that's required. It's very, very easy on, on your willpower. You make small changes over time. But there's this whole other approach, and Rip Esselstyn mentioned it when we talked to him. He he had a little good argument. He said, like, when if you do that versus his 28-day immersion or whatever it is for their for their Engine 2 thing, if you just jump right into a vegan diet, within 10 days or two weeks, you're going to start to see stuff happening, right. especially if it's a really drastic change. Yeah. And he said that that, the energy levels and just actually seeing weight drop off of you if you're overweight and want to lose it, he said that becomes – the big motivation to stick through it when it gets hard and and like you don't get that with the small steps approach the first month of a small steps approach is really about developing the habit the mental habit right so like if you were to say start running with a small steps approach where you first go out for five minutes and you go out for five minutes again the next day and then after a week you increase that to seven minutes i mean you're not going to see any results after a month just from you know a total of of what two hours of exercise probably once you put a lot together but mentally, you, you're in the habit now, and you're used to it, and that's the point. So you've got to be able to stick it out. Even though it's not difficult to do, it is kind of difficult to go that long without seeing any visible results. So yeah. there are those two approaches, and I feel like the answer to me now is is has been revealed by what has worked in, in my history, and that's trying the all-in approach first, seeing what it's like, experiencing it, sort of failing not not because you give up but because you say okay i finished my experiment and i'm not ready to do that and then having a small steps approach it for in my case it's been an unconscious small steps approach. it hadn't really been the intention to go vegan after i was vegetarian and tried a vegan trial the intention wasn't there but i just found myself moving that direction because it felt right right uh so i i don't know i really do like that approach and i still want to write a blog post that kind of formalizes this is really the first i've ever thought about it out loud <laughs> But uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's worked for me. I, I suspect that that will not be the, the approach for every single person. Yeah. But it's it's an interesting thing that's kind of in the middle, kind of combines the small steps and the all-in approach. Right. I, I think that that's, that's definitely a good approach, and it's obviously worked worked for you. You've weeded out a few and few things you didn't like and, and kind of picked up habits from some of the diets you did like. For me, um, or at least my experience with, with diet change anyway, has been more of the small steps from the beginning. I think the mental hurdle for me – going vegetarian and then going vegan, um, the mental hurdle of giving up these things that I think taste really good or the social thing or, um, you know, being able to order anything you want at a restaurant, all that stuff is such a big mental hurdle for me that, um, the all in approach is way more intimidating that, you know, we were talking earlier about the cost of, of these experiments that, you know, that, that cost has always been just a huge hurdle for me. Um, but if I can do the small step, and, and w- way, the way I've been successful, uh, especially going vegan, was we started out, well, we did a, I did the seven-day vegan challenge that Leo uh, mm-hmm. put together. But um, after that, it was, we were definitely not all that interested in, in going completely vegan that quickly because we kind of just signed up for that 
you know, cause it had launched on Leo's thing and you right. know, we wanted to talk about it. So, <laughs> um, uh, you know, but we did, we went, we were vegan at home and, and that was kind of this tangible thing that was easy. You know, we only eat, we only ate at home at that point. I don't know, you know, four or five meals a night or a week. And, um, and, you know, it, but it didn't limit the social thing. It didn't, it didn't seem like nearly as big of a sacrifice as going all in at the time. And so then it gradually I started making more vegan decisions at restaurants, you know, because, you know, maybe it wouldn't sit as well or it didn't feel as good to, to eat it. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, it was kind of like, oh, I'm hardly ever eating anything that's not vegan. I might as well just make, you know, go ahead and declare it. And Yeah. So what, what you're saying, and I, I love this idea. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a really effective thing is that you can, you can go all in and draw a hard firm line in a place that isn't necessarily 100 percent all in if that makes sense right <laughs> yeah, so yeah you, you can have good. a dividing line between what's allowed and what isn't allowed uh which is more than the small steps i mean small steps is kind of like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this for for two minutes a day but but if i fail then you kind of you kind of eliminate the point is eliminate perfectionism right. and and one of the criticisms that that the small steps people have of the all-in approach is that when you are trying to be all in, you're you're being perfectionist, and you're and then when all of a sudden two weeks into it, it gets really hard, and you have a slip up where you're out at a restaurant and you eat the non-vegan food, then it's like, okay, I guess I failed. All, all that two weeks, that perfect record is now screwed up. So the next day, you're just 100 percent back to where you were. You just give up. So what what you're describing is a way to make it a little bit easier to have that line in place. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's a great point, and um. Right. I mean, the small steps might be eating more vegetables at lunch kind of thing, right. you know, yeah. and starting there and, 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 and extending that. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, and there's and there's tons of ways to do this. You know, I did the at-home vegan, but there's the vegan before five. There's meatless Monday. You know, there's so many different ways you can kind of weekday vegan. You know, there's kind yeah. of so many different. And we should mention, I mean, just because not everyone will know what all those things are. Uh, I think it's because this is really important. Like if you're interested in doing one of these things, whatever the diet, it doesn't even have to be going vegan. It could be. It could be Atkins if you want. I mean, I don't know. Right. But when you want to try something, and I'm not encouraging you to try Atkins, but but <laughs> or running. To, I mean, it could be non non right. non. Yeah, it doesn't be food at all. Mm-hmm. Could be anything. Um, there are ways to do it, and like so, I've mentioned a few times the the seven day trial, and then the ten day trial, and the thirty day trial. Those to me worked really well because then you eliminate all that feeling. Like when you go vegetarian the first time. The the feeling of oh my god I can never again have a cheeseburger is terrible like that that can break the entire thing you can get depressed about that like you start thinking oh my gosh food is so important to culture and enjoyment and I can never again have that right well a ten day trial totally kills that thinking because it, anyone can go ten days I mean it, I'm not saying that anyone who signs up to go ten days is going to make it that whole ten days but I'm saying at least you've eliminated that obstacle, that one obstacle of I can never again have this because that, that really does weigh on you. So just signing up for a number of days. And what's nice about that is you can get to the end of it and say, I did what I said I was going to do. I, I'm not going back on my commitment. I'm not failing. But here I am, and I've experienced that, and I've gotten the victory of doing what I said, and now I'm going to go back because I'm, I realize that's not quite how I want to be eating yet or doing whatever, running yet or whatever it is. So number of days is a really great one. But I love I love the at home versus out approach. That's that's I think one that is very very doable, uh, and that's that's also different because it's it's more challenging to eat out 
with a new diet right. often. If it's a more mm-hmm. restrictive diet, then it is at home. So at home, you can really control things. You're probably eating 80% of your meals at home. So it works really well. I mean, you end up getting you end up getting into a routine and, and finding something that works, and, and you can just make it work at home. And then when you go out, which is going out is generally kind of a celebration and indulgence anyway, so it just sort of fits in. So I think that's a great approach for any sort of change. Um, I mean, I guess you could you could put some sort of limit on it, but you probably don't need to limit those days because you you have the built-in breaks there, and you can you can do that indefinitely until you just say, "I've had enough of this," or "I'm ready to go further with this." Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned till four or till five. There's there's vegan before six. There's raw till four. <laughs> there's fruit till five or fruit. Till, I don't know. They're, but they all end up being some noun or some adjective, I guess. Until, I mean, athlete until till eight. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um. Yeah, Tim Van Orden at the fruit festival was making some joke about people who are who are like raw till dawn or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> you wake up and then you're done. <laughs> um, but yeah, so dinner time is is comfort time for a lot of people. Me too. It's like especially when the winter months come and you're working and you think about dinner. It is a comforting feeling. And I know when when I've tried any sort of juice challenge or this raw thing, when that is gone, you suddenly realize what an emotional attachment you have to food even if you thought you were the furthest person from an emotional attachment to food mm-hmm. but it gets to be three o'clock and the work day is hard and like you need to get that little extra burst of energy just to keep doing it and you suddenly remember that there's no good hot dinner waiting for you tonight it it it's like this big loss that is that is there so yeah. getting rid of that is and all these are just sort of ways of of eliminating one of the obstacles that because when you make a big change the all-in thing there are so many different obstacles that you don't expect there's the emotional thing there's the practicality of going out and doing it at a restaurant there's the i can never eat this way again idea so i mean just eliminating one of these or a few of these is is kind of what each of these things does it eliminates one one barrier there one hurdle so that you can hopefully summon the willpower to kind of keep doing it the rest of the time so do it do something till dinner that works really well and that's that's what i did with the fruit thing and, and it really did work well and then we were kind of starting to push the boundary of that we we'd done it for dinner for a while and we're like you know, uh, some nights, particularly nights when like when we weren't that stressed. Really, those stress nights when you want that comfort, that's when it's hard to to keep doing the raw thing. But on some nights, if it was like a warm kind of summer night and everyone was happy, it was like, yeah, we can we can eat a big salad for dinner tonight, and we'll be fine with that. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I mean, those those are the the common ones I know. I don't know. They all seem like very natural kind of lines to draw. I suppose you could you could put you could you could go vegan but only allow yourself to eat cheese pizza as your only dairy product <laughs> uh but i don't know somehow that doesn't feel quite as clean cut as something like yeah. only eating outside the house well, or, or when whatever. i went vegetarian it was um anything except for barbecue <laughs> <laughs> i remember that yeah and so i would i would uh allow myself to eat barbecue <laughs> when I went to a barbecue I don't know barbecue was like my favorite food in the whole world and so the, the thought of giving it up I don't know kind of like the cheeseburger you were talking about earlier just seemed like such a big hurdle and it was something you know I did a lot with my best friend and it was just kind of like this thing that was like I thought was a part of me but uh, you know yeah and that because I could I could imagine myself doing that and then all of a sudden starting to make barbecue at home and like <laughs> finding excuses to eat barbecue for every yeah, meal. Yeah. And and I have done the same thing. Like I've gone through periods where I said, I'm not going to drink any alcohol for three months or whatever. Just stupid. I don't know why I like these challenges, but I've just done them. And, or maybe not that one, but like, a, like I'm not going to drink alcohol except outside the home. And then you just start going out every night. I mean, it's yeah. like, <laughs> you find ways to do it. Right. So, right. That's, I mean, that is when you're not when you're not all the way all in. Mm. That's the problem. You you can always find workarounds, but I I think generally you you understand what's in the spirit of 
things. And, and if you're right. really doing it for a reason that you want to make a change or, or get healthier, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, you probably won't search too hard for those things. No. And, you know, and I had a support group below, you know, I had Katie and I started reading her blog and that kind of thing. And, and eventually, you know, it was after like a couple months, I was like, this is just stupid. Why am I, <laughs> right. you know, why am I? Why do I study barbecue? Yeah. <laughs> That's but. funny. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, I, I did love barbecue though. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was that was one of my two favorites. Barbecue and buffalo chicken were my were my two big foods. I once I think I've mentioned this here before. I went to James Madison in Virginia, and uh, once drove left at midnight from James Madison with a friend to the Outer Banks of North Carolina to get a barbecue sandwich, and then we turned around <laughs> and drove. we got there. It was a terrible idea because we got there at like first of all, <laughs> we made all these wrong turns. I don't know what we did. Drove around the Virginia Beach beltway in some way and like got all screwed up <laughs> it took us seven hours to get there when it should have taken only four or something I mean, i'm probably screwing these numbers if anyone fact checks this i'll i'm sure there'll be all kinds of inconsistencies but we ended up getting there at seven in the morning and the barbecue place didn't open till noon and we were exhausted so we just had to find a parking lot to sleep in the car and then it opened up went in and got a sandwich and just got back in the car and went back to jmu oh, so funny. yeah and i i mean i don't know yeah. i you missed that stuff for a little while but then now I just get barbecue sauce or buffalo sauce, right? As long right. as it's vegan, and uh-huh. and honestly, that it satisfies the taste buds. It really like I just I don't miss the stuff anymore. Uh-huh. My that uh that friend who I used to eat barbecue with all the time in DC came to visit last week, and the first thing we did was uh go to Twelve Bones to to get oh, barbecue because yeah? he wanted he wanted some North Carolina. Do they barbecue. have a vegan one there? They have a they have a um a mushroom. Yeah, it's a vegan. They have a vegan sandwich. Oh, okay, yeah. that's Obama's place, right? Twelve Bones. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, or not his place, but he likes he likes it. Yeah, yeah. There's another one, uh, Luella's in North Car- in Asheville that has tempeh barbecue. Oh, and it's very good. Oh, so. should have gone there. I didn't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so come to Asheville if you have never been to Asheville. You want vegan barbecue. Vegan barbecue. There you go. Cool. Well, all right. Well, uh, I don't I don't have too many more trips. I mean, tips about experiments or trials i mean i think it's it's a mindset thing but it's a mindset that i i think is a really valuable one to adopt if you can if you can be of the state of mind that you always want to try things and just like look for ways to improve and just kind of be open-minded and curious enough and and willing enough to try something that might not work and say i'm going to give this a try and it might be a terrible seven days but i'm going to stick it out and just last that long i think that's a really valuable at least for me that has proved to be a really valuable approach it, it gets you to i think i think just with anything being open-minded is better than being closed-minded and being someone who's willing to do experiments just because you're curious as to how it will work and you know kind of taking the attitude of doing something rather than researching it to death and then deciding or, or even not deciding researching it so much that you never even make a decision and you just kind of forget about it i i kind of want to be someone who dives in and just tries things i think the benefits far outweigh those costs that we talk about right uh, it won't be the same for everyone. Some people certainly have different values and don't like the risk of trying something and it not working out, which I, I understand. But uh, it's something that has served me really well, and I would highly recommend adopting the mindset of, of just undergoing experiments for yourself. Of course, assuming they're not dangerous. I'm not saying you, you go on, I don't know, you, you just don't eat for two weeks. I'm not saying try anything that's, that's potentially dangerous. But if, if the worst that happens is you gain a couple pounds and it didn't work out and you had to spend a couple hours researching it, I feel like that's that's worth it because the experience just becomes worth it for that. Right. And chances are you're going to pick up something good from that that you can definitely. You know, you Absolutely. Can. Yeah, we haven't mentioned that yet, but that's that's definitely a, a really positive thing. It's something that worked for me with, when I was trying to qualify for Boston. 
I just kept trying different programs because I could not do run a marathon without getting hurt. And many of those programs didn't work, and I did get hurt, but I just kept taking elements that I liked and that felt like they were working and finally figured out how to actually run without getting hurt. So yeah. that's a perfect example, and uh, I think a good point to end on. So Cool. Uh, yeah, so I guess just to recap, rating and review, please go do that. We enjoy those. <laughs> they help us, and uh, people are doing it, which is awesome. And the running groups thing, don't forget that. Go on Facebook, search No Meat Athlete and your city's name, and see if there's a group near you. And if there's not, go to nomeatathlete.com slash nma-running-groups, and you'll see there a link to start your own group in your own city. It was a pleasure as always, Matt. It sure was, Doug. And thank you all for listening. We will talk to you soon. All right, bye.